Welcome to this podcast from Neurogastroenterology and Motility. It publishes original research and topical reviews on basic and clinical aspects of gastrointestinal sensation and motility, as well as brain-gut interaction. So welcome everyone to this month's podcast from Neurogastroenterology and Motility. My name is Adam Farmer and I'm a gastroenterologist at the Wingate Institute in London. This month it's my real pleasure to welcome Professor Carola Saveri from the University of Sapienza in Rome. So Carola, many thanks for joining us on the podcast this month and uh, indeed many congratulations to you and your co-authors on your paper entitled Supernatants of Irritable Bowel Syndrome, Mucosal Biopsies Impair Human Colonic Smooth Muscle Contractility. So if I could start with the first question, what, what's already known about the impaired uh, epithelial barrier function in IBS? Up to date, several studies have demonstrated an increased colonic permeability in IBS patients, mainly those with diarrhea, using different methods such as chromo-EDTA, technetium, or lactulose and mannitol urine excretion. In parallel, by using using chambers, an increase in paracellular permeability of colonic um, biopsies observed um, uh, in IBS uh, uh, have shown an increased permeability independently from the IBS subtypes. It has then been hypothesized that increased permeability promotes an abnormal passage of luminal antigens through the intestinal mucosa with stimulation of abnormal tissues response. It has to be considered that uh, the intestinal mucosa is widely bridged to the deeper muscle layers by anatomic continuity, by the enteric nervous system, the enteroendocrine system, and by lymphatic and vascular connection. So muscle layers tending to be a possible target of translocated substance. The, the hypothesis of a gut barrier dysfunction with abnormal passage of luminal antigen as well as soluble mucosa mediators has also recently been supported by the evidence in IBS patients of higher serum levels of lipopolysaccharide and flagellin, the amino oxidase and the lactate compared to control with greater levels of observer, um, observed in IBS in irritable bowel syndrome uh, patients with diarrhea. So what, what are the challenges with respect to animal studies in this regard? I think that even with the limits of an experimental protocol, the challenges of our study have been to integrate three human sets, supernatants obtained from IBS patients, muscle strips and muscle cells obtained from human column. To our knowledge, this has been the first study integrating ex vivo and in vitro models that study humans move muscle in an IBS setup. So what were the objectives of your study? Our objectives um, are that the idea was that since little is known on the impact of abnormal mucosal mediators produced in the intestinal mucosa of IBS patients on the deeper mus neuromuscular function, the objectives of our study were to elucidate if soluble mucosal mediators of IBS patients directly affect muscle contractility in human tissue. Furthermore, by the comparing the effect on the whole muscle tissue, uh, the, namely the strips, to that observed on uh, smooth, isolated smooth muscle cells, we aim to define whose effect occurs directly on muscle, namely myogenic in the paper, 
and whose uh, effects are were, are indirectly mediated by the activation of other cell types, such enteric neurons or interstitial cell of Cajal, present present in the neuromuscular syncytium. So, what what methods did you use in your study? We used two different in vitro muscle preparation, as I told before. There are muscle strips and isolated muscle cells. Both preparations were obtained from a healthy margin of colonic resection at a distance of at least 7-8 centimeters from the area involved by the carcinoma. Uh, both preparations were exposed separately to control or ABS supernatants obtained from in vitro culture of colonic mucosal biopsies. Both muscle strips and cells were incubated in the presence or, uh, or absence of antagonists of the several mucosal mediators, namely histamine, protease, and the prostaglandins that have already been described in other experimental models. Furthermore, supernatans um, were also tested in the presence of inhibitors of the muscular inflammatory and oxidative signaling known to be involved in infective inflammatory bursts um, related to muscular dysfunction. Uh, the activity muscular contractility has been evaluated in terms of strip tone and um, cell length, uh, resting cell length in cells and acetylcholine elicited contraction and the effects of, uh, observed on strips and cells were compared. Um, mucosal supernatants were obtained instead from 18 IBS patients, 9 with constipation, 9 with diarrhea, and 9 controlled subjects. And what were your key results from your study? <clears throat> the key results of my study is that both uh, supernatant of IBS with uh, constipation and diarrhea affects muscular contractility both on strips and the cells. The effects were concentration dependent, strengthening the involvement of soluble mediators and likely involve different neuromotor uh, mechanisms depending on the IBS subtypes. Um, the involvement of the different mechanisms was suggested by the different impairment caused by supernatal muscle strips and cells and by the different um, effects of the antagonist use. Um, both supernatant, irrespective of the subtype, cause direct oxidative stress-mediated stress muscle damage. And this damage is likely um, produced by the generation of superoxide and um, rather than hydrogen peroxide, uh, since the effect were, uh, of supernatant were abolished by aposinine, but not catalase. In parallel, um, supernatants of the IBS with constipation also involved the uh, less prominent, prominent protease-mediate effect uh, uh, seen, uh, since uh, seen the significant effect of foot uh, 175 in reverting the effect of supernatan on muscle strips. It is known that protease-mediated uh, receptor response has been um, demonstrated to be largely mediated by interstitial cell of Cajal with little contribution of smooth muscle cells. Uh, it has to be noted uh, in the study the negligible effect of tetrodotoxin in reverting IBS supernatans effects on muscle 
that did not support an involvement in, um, of mietetic neurons. So to summarize, uh, beside the muscular oxidative damage induced by supernatant of IBS independent of, of their subtypes, uh, the supernatant obtained from IBS with constipation activates uh, mm, protease modulation of smooth muscle excitability, likely related to response of the non-neurogenic cells acting in the syncytium. Uh, it is also interesting, the muscular impairment did not recover after removal of supernatant, and these long-term effects may have important implications, particularly in the light of IBS symptom chronicity, recurrence, and unsatisfactory response to virus treatment. So, what do you think the limitations of your study were? I think that the main limitation of the study is that uh, the exact intracellular signalings involved uh, in, the in the muscular impairment uh, have not been directly determined. For example, uh, information showing that alteration intracellular calcium response induced by supernatant and tocolinergic agonist stimulation could have provided additional valuable information, reinforcing the functional effects observed. Similarly, the multiple mechanisms involving neuroinduced cytopathic uh, alteration could have been studied. However, working on uh, human tissue, the difficulties and long-time periods needed for collection of human samples have precluded at the moment such an extensive analysis. So where do you think the knowledge gaps in the field uh, lie and how do we go about resolving these in the future? Uh, the main gap in the field is that muscle tissue of IBS patient cannot be directly studied due to the unavailability of tissue specimen. At the moment, the only strategy would be the analysis of colonic muscular alteration occurring in inadequate IBS animal models that are still lacking. And this would be of particular interest in the attempt to identify new biomarkers for therapeutic intervention in IBS. Yes, I agree. I think that's a, a real challenge as we as we move forward. So, Carola, with that, I'd like to thank you and your co-authors uh, for a really excellent uh, paper and also for assisting in this month's uh, podcast, as well as our listeners for, for tuning in. And I look forward to welcoming you all again on another installment of the podcast next uh, month. Further information about this paper can be found on the journal website. We hope that you have enjoyed this podcast and we look forward to welcoming you to next month's edition.